Welcome to Girlish Gurus. I'm Joy. And I'm Susan. And we're here to have discussions about topics on many subjects that we hope are informative, uplifting, and fun. So let's get started. Let's. Hi, everybody. I'm Susan. And I'm Joy. And welcome to another episode of Girlish Gurus. Welcome, welcome. So today, Joy did some research on a topic that's near and dear to both of us mm-hmm. because of our pale skin, <laughs> our lovely, um, what do they call them? Peaches and cream complexions, mm-hmm. our light eyes. Mm-hmm. It's important to us, and that is... Sunscreen. Sunscreen. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, not only is it important because we have light skin and light eyes, and so we're not really going to talk about skin cancer today, except you have to touch on it a little bit when you're talking about of sunscreen. Of course you do, yeah. But for us, you know, we're over 50, and as we get older, Our skin, our body changes, obviously, but our skin changes a lot, too. Yes, it does. And so I felt like since we're in the summer months and a lot of us are taking vacations, going outside, walking in the sun, sitting by the pool, going to the beach, we want to pay close attention to our skin. And I collected a few articles that talk about issues that I feel like are important to us, but I'm only going to go through one of them kind of in depth And then I want to talk a little bit about the EWG website Mm -hmm. because a primary issue that I feel like affects women who are our age, well, affects anybody really, but our good friend Lorraine Miano, who's come on here quite a few times and talked about a lot of different wellness topics, Mm -hmm. has discussed hormone disruptors. And so for me, I feel like sunscreen could fall into that category. Well, it does fall into that category. So we need to talk about that. But before we get there, I want to talk about special issues for women our age and sunscreen. Because one thinks that, okay, well, as you get older, you get past a certain point and you are trying to manage your skin to a certain extent. And sunscreen's important, but it's not as important as keeping your skin hydrated or whatever. But the truth is, no. Mm -hmm. As you get older, sunscreen is more and more important. And this first article that I found talks about that directly by a person named Kara Jillian Brown from the Well and Good website wrote a great article called Five Dermatologists Over 50 Share Their Favorite Sunscreen for Mature Skin. Because the older we get, the easier it is to get a sunburn. Hmm. Right. So (laughs) as we get older, you know, menopause changes your skin. It changes your whole body. You lose moisture in your hair, in your skin. You lose the fats in your skin. It's just things change. Elasticity, all of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so having too much exposure to sunlight and getting burnt when you're in your 20s is one thing. But when you are older and your skin doesn't repair itself as quickly as it used to, it's even worse. Yeah. So, yes, skin cancer is an issue, and especially if you're having a lot of sun damage before you're 18, then that can result in sun-damaged skin later in life, right? Which can cause cancer, 
you can also get skin cancer later on in life. And the problems that you have with too much sun, they just become elevated in every way. So not only can you get skin cancer later in life, your skin also just loses its ability to recover from damage, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as we get older and our skin gets thinner, we're more likely to experience burns and subsequent cell mutation that can lead to skin cancer. And this is from the article on the Well and Good website. So Dr. Mary Lupo suggests that older people do have fewer surface lipids or fats, making the skin more dehydrated and vulnerable to greater inflammation. Also, the top layers of skin thin with age, allowing UV light rays to penetrate more easily and deeper, according to the Skin Cancer Foundation. Hmm. The body's natural ability to repair damaged DNA diminishes, increasing the likelihood of abnormal cell growth that can cause mutations leading to skin cancer. So all the way around, you really need to make sure you are paying attention to your skin and It's also a common thing that people over 50 are less likely to use sunscreen. Really? Isn't that weird? Yes. Mm -hmm. It is weird. According to the Centers for Disease Control, Hmm. people over 50 are less likely to use sunscreen. I wonder if if they think that it's because all the talk's always been, well, you're going to get skin cancer if you did the damage when you were young. So they're thinking, well, at this point, why bother? I don't. I don't, it, it makes no sense to me. makes but. no sense to me either. But I know that when we took my in-laws to the beach with us last month, we were hosing them down with sunscreen pretty regularly on the beach. So, yeah. Hmm. So that's something that we were very, very diligent about, making sure. Yeah. Especially my father-in-law, who's had multiple skin cancer mm. surgeries on his scalp. Yeah. So my dad did too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sunscreen is a must if you want to avoid not just skin cancer, but hyper aging. So aging too quickly, mm-hmm. right? Beyond protecting you from literal cancer, sunscreen is also the best anti-aging product out there. And I have read that, you mm-hmm. know, while people think moisturize, you do these peels, the moisturizers, all these other things you can get done. And I don't even know them all because I... It's not something I've participated in. Mm-hmm. But when you read articles, most of them will tell you the best thing you can do for your skin is wear sunscreen. Right. And girls, if any of you are out there listening, and I hope you are, the thing that looks the best on your skin in your 50s is sunscreen in your 20s. <laughs> I started wearing sunscreen when I was 19. And I'm 51. And I look like I'm 30. Just saying. Okay. So, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm just in my brain. I'm thinking, you look great. Mm. No, you do. You do not look like you're 50. That's for darn well, sure. Well, I'm 51. I can tell you that for sure. And, but, I, and I've been wearing it for a really long time, too. You know, when I was young. And your skin looks great, too. Thank you. I, I And I'm 60. I'm 60. <laughs> I stretch and I kick. Mm-hmm. That's right. But I started wearing it like when I was really young, I wanted to get a tan like all my friends and that mm-hmm. was just never going to happen. And then at some point in my 20s, I said, well, this is for the birds because all I'm doing is just torturing myself. Right. I never got tan like that. So I started just wearing sunscreen all the time. And I, I am so glad that I did. Mm-hmm. I really am. I I feel like it's made a big difference. Right. Me too. But. hmm. Yep. I was in 19 when I 
first started putting on oil of Olay with SPF. I think I had SPF 15 in it, which is the minimum you should be wearing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Lupo says, my biggest concern is maintaining my skin, not wiping away old damage. SPF is something you want to put on every day, rain or shine, because we still get UV rays through windows while driving and even during short exposure times like walking a dog. Dr. Heidi Waldorf, who is a board certified dermatologist and a second generation dermatologist, suggests that she doesn't have sun damage at 57, nearing 58 years old. And she is one who, of course, she had someone early on in her life as a second generation dermatologist. Her One of her parents was a dermatologist helping her and reminding her, oh, put your sunscreen on, explaining the benefits of it. And now here she is almost 58 years old and not having issues with sun damage. And so that's a big deal. So if you've got young girls out there, make sure you're telling them to put their sunscreen on as soon as possible. Right. Okay. So now we get to the issue of, you know, it's important to wear the sunscreen. What sunscreen should you be choosing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Heather Woolery Lloyd, MD, a board-certified dermatologist in Miami, Florida, says finding a sunscreen that you love is up to you. And she says when she recommends sunscreens, she always tells patients that if they find a sunscreen that they like better than whatever she's suggesting, they should use it, right? It's really important to emphasize that the best sunscreen is the sunscreen you want to put on every day. So to give you some inspiration, we have five dermatologists age 50 and up who share their favorite sunscreens for mature skin. Then they go through to list all the different sunscreens and why they like the sunscreens. And I'm not going to go through the whole list. It's going to be available through the link in our description. As always, we put all of that information in the notes of the podcast episodes. Some of them are ones you've probably heard of before. Some of them are product lines they've developed themselves, ah, which is interesting. Yeah. So it's just as comprehensive of a list as these five dermatologists suggest. However, one pro tip they did talk about was if you want to keep the coverage light, layer your tinted SPF over a plain sunscreen so you get the right amount of coverage without feeling too cakey. So if you're wearing a tinted moisturizer of some sort, mm-hmm then you might want to put on a layer of sunscreen underneath it. Mm -hmm. Make sure, of course, both products are light products. And that will help you get good coverage. If, say, for example, your tinted sunscreen is like a 15 SPF and you want something more, you're going to want to put a light sunscreen on underneath it, which Mm -hmm. is actually something I have done myself pretty regularly. But you and I use a sunscreen I think you use it too, don't you? Don't you use sunscreen from... Origins? Yes. Well, I use both the facial moisturizer that has 25 SPF in it already, mm-hmm. and I use the ginseng, which, I which love. is the tinted moisturizer. I use that as my foundation, really. I don't use a foundation. Mm-hmm. That's my foundation. And it has, what, 40 45, I thought. Is it 40? It's 40. I think it's 40. 40. Yes. So I, on my face, am doubled up as far as the sunscreen goes. Right. And and I love both of them. I love yes, both their moisturizer and this tinted moisturizer, which I use more as a foundation. Now, I never use less than an SPF 30. I never go beneath a 30. But normally, 
especially if I want to look a little bit more polished, I'll wear the ginseng, and that's a 40. Yeah. Yeah. So that works out well. Yeah. Well, my moisturizer, like I said, and I know it doesn't like double up your SPF that you don't add 25 and 40. That's not how it works. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) But I also always have on the ginseng. So for me, I I feel like I've got the 40 on. And then on my body, like if I'm out, I will say I don't always put it on my arms and legs if I'm just out for a little while because I feel like the vitamin D to get that in my skin is good for me if I'm only going to be out for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. or so. But if I'm going to be on a beach or on a boat or out for an extended period of time, I put a minimum of 50 on. And if I can get higher, I get higher. Right. 75 if I can get it. Well, I don't know if that's beneficial or not, but that's, you know. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. One thing I do want to suggest here also, having been a sunscreen user for many years and people who are light-skinned like you and I, if you have scars, say, for example, I had a couple of things removed from my legs a couple of years ago, make sure you are putting sunscreen on the scars because that can cause hyperpigmentation of the scars. Hmm. So that's not true for everybody, but I have that particular skin type where if I have some type of a wound that leaves a scar, that scar tends to be purple for a very long time and the sun makes it worse. So the dermatologist who removed the little nodules (laughs) told me, make sure you're putting sunscreen once they heal, of course, and you're no longer covering them and they've, you know, stitches are out and all that kind of stuff. You put sunscreen on them to make sure that they fade to skin tone as quickly as possible. Yeah. Right. So those are a couple of tips that we take from experience and give to you. But as you're talking about the SPFs and getting higher and higher in the SPFs, That brings me to the next sort of subset of this topic that I want to talk about. And they talk about all these different products, and I'm not going to discount them at all because I'm not a chemist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a dermatologist. But I do know as a menopausal woman, thank you, dear friend Lorraine Miano, we do know that too many chemicals Yes. are not a good thing. And That's we right. know that anyway. Right. But too many chemicals that are hormone disruptors are just, they're causing problems and they're going to cause problems for you that you maybe don't want to have. Right. <laughs> right. And so as I was doing the research for this topic, I wanted to make sure I took some time to look at the EWG website. Great. And go through some of their suggestions about sunscreen Because I felt like, well, I don't just want to throw a bunch of different sunscreens out there and not know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad I did because they actually do a sunscreen report every year. I think I remember seeing something about that. I don't think I looked at it, but I remember seeing it on the website. And it is quite the comprehensive Hmm. report. Okay. So their 2023 guide, and this is direct, taken directly from their website. Okay. Their 2023 guide to sunscreens profiles more than 1,700 products and finds that just one in four meets their strict standards for sun protection oh. and avoids harmful ingredients. 
Wow. This year, for the first time, they're featuring EWG verified sunscreens that achieve both goals. Pretty impressive, that in is. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, this report has an introduction that's very... A tome. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's very comprehensive, right? Yeah. And one of the things they suggest, and they've suggested it a couple times throughout the portions of the report that I read. I didn't read the whole thing, obviously. But they suggest, you know, don't just choose a safe and effective sunscreen. You also need to take a comprehensive approach to sun safety, which also includes sun safe behaviors like wearing hats, clothing, and sunglasses, and avoiding the sun during its peak. Yeah. So those are things to think about. So get yourself some movie star sunglasses and a big floppy hat and go out there and be your fabulous self (laughs) while protecting yourself from the sun, right? That's right. Okay. So, so much to discuss. I mean, I, I really, we could spend a whole episode just talking about what's in this report. <laughs> really? Well, now I'm into, you got me all excited here. I want to hear okay. what, are, what are some, let's give some good suggestions. Well, I'm going to, <laughs> but I want to spend most of our time talking about what's in this EWG website because this verified sunscreen thing is brand new. They're just now starting to do it. And for me, that is like something the FDA should be doing, right? Because they're really going above and beyond looking for top performing products that are still safe and healthy to use. Well, this gets back to so many things we've discussed <laughs> about why are our, is our government, our doctors, our, why are they not doing more to keep us healthy mm-hmm. instead of preventing us once we're already, we already have a problem. Right. Right. That's, and we know. can talk more and more about that. Oh, yeah. But some of the ingredients in sunscreen, in common sunscreen that you can go into that most any store, use. right, and buy are just so terrifying. Yes. Truly. They really, really are. And they are carcinogens. They are just something you need to avoid. So, for example, one of the things they talk about is oxybenzone. That is a dangerous, dangerous ingredient in sunscreen. And so is benzene, by the way. But oxybenzone is a common ingredient in sunscreen. And the concern about that is... It's largely absorbable into the skin. Which probably means it can get into the bloodstream, And it's an endocrine disruptor, and it also can increase the risk of breast cancer and endometriosis. It's still permitted for use in the U.S. in sunscreens, so you need to be careful if you're choosing a sunscreen that has oxybenzone in it. Probably not a good thing to do. Also, they discuss... High SPF sunscreens, and they recommend consumers avoid products with SPF numbers higher than 50. Okay. So that's something to be aware of. And they go into it a little bit more in depth. I'm not going to explain it. The whys. Right. But they have a whole section about the science behind their guidelines. And so I'm just going to say they put it out there. Avoid SPF numbers higher than 50. I'm just saying. Okay. That's what EWG is recommending. 
They're also saying to skip the spray sunscreens. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like those. I know. Me too. And we were we were hosing my father-in-law down with a spray sunscreen <laughs> while he was on the beach. I like them so much better than slathering on stuff. Yes, but they are difficult to apply properly and include potential ingredient toxicity, mm. contamination concerns, and inhalation hazards. One of the most alarming issues is the detection in spray sunscreens of benzene, which is known to cause cancer. The contamination led to recalls of many aerosolized products in 2021, 22, and 23. Applying too thin a layer of sunscreen is one reason it might not be effective. This is especially a problem for aerosols. Even in a light breeze, the amount that's actually applied to the skin can drop significantly. Inhalation is yet another problem with aerosol sunscreens. FDA testing found some aerosol products released particles that could be absorbed deep into the lung where they could cause irreversible damage. And the agency proposed that tests of sprays be required, but it has yet to finalize this action. So if you can avoid them, (laughs) try to avoid aerosol sunscreens. I love them too. I do. I love them too. They are good. They are practical. They're easy to use. Less messy. Less messy. You feel like it's covering more of you, but yeah. in fact, probably not the best product okay. to use. So just just suggesting. And not that these are products that you would use as skincare, like what you and I initially started talking about no, on no, the face. No, this is more for just right. being outside in the sun. Right. Yeah. And along those lines, they do state that really there's only adequate safety and effectiveness evidence for just two ingredients zinc oxide and titanium dioxide Hmm. so when you're talking about sunscreen try to look for sunscreens that have primarily those ingredients and go check out the ewg website for yourself there's so much good information on that website i mean it's just so good but i really was so interested to see this ewg verified sunscreen label you know I'm glad to see they're doing that. Yeah. So that's something that I'm glad to know they're out there looking out for. Consumers. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to take from this article, and we've kind of jumped around a little bit here, but I do think this is something that's important to discuss. They talk a little bit about skin cancer in this article as well. And here's the statement that I found most profound from this page on their sunscreen profile website. And that is, in the general population, there is a strong correlation between melanoma risk and how often a person has been sunburned, particularly during childhood. The use of artificial tanning beds dramatically increases melanoma risk, Mm -hmm. and their use before age 30 increases the risk of developing melanoma by 75%. Oh, my heavens. That's according to the calculations by the International Agency for Research on Cancer. Did you ever use a sunbed? Never. Me either. Never, never did. Never ever. I, I just gave up. I figured, you Tanning know, bed, whatever. It's I, I'm going to be pale. That's just how it is. Well, that's what I did. And I remember a friend of mine when I was at work one day, and he and I are still friends. <laughs> um, and this was when I was in my 30s, I guess. And, you know, I walked into work on a summer day, and I had on a sleeveless blouse and a skirt and little sandals or whatever. And he looked at me and went, you are as white as white can be. I said, yes, I am. He says, you don't care, do you? I said, no, I don't. Nope. 
<laughs> you can practically see my heart beating through my skin. That's right. Said I'm that's perfectly fine, fine with yep, it. I don't that's care. fine. That's fine. And the last little uplifting piece of information I want to leave you with, because try to end on a high note here. A 2011 study of Australians found that they cut their risk of melanoma in half by age 50 when they applied SPF 15 sunscreen daily, wore hats, and avoided the sun in other ways. Hmm. So researchers have also found that people rarely use a combination of strategies such as protective strategies like wearing sunglasses and sunscreen, avoidant strategies, seeking shade, avoiding the outdoors, and covering up wearing a shirt, hat, or pants. But when you do, it can really lessen your chance of getting melanoma. So... It's difficult, you know, because you you do want to protect yourself from that, but yet to be healthy, we're also told we need to get sunshine and get some vitamin D from the sun. It's really hard to know what's best to do, but you just... Yes, but if you are relying on your sunscreen because you believe it's protecting you, like, for example, those spray-on sunscreens, mm-hmm. that puts you in a bad position because yeah. you're relying on that sunscreen and you, you're thinking, okay, well, that's that's protecting me, but in fact, it's really not. Right. And they say, in the absence of truly protective regulations, consumers are in the worst possible position, likely to think their sunscreen provides more protection than it does than staying out in the sun longer thereby increasing their risk of skin cancer and skin damage. So I'm sure that's true. Yes. Man. The moral of the story is this. Now that we are informed, yes. we can go out and we can make some better choices. We can throw on a gorgeous hat and some beautiful movie star sunglasses and maybe some luxurious, you know, sunscreen. Go out, be our fabulous selves and protect ourselves from the sun. Maybe we do it before 11 and after 3. <laughs> And also, I'm just going to throw this out. Go to the dermatologist. Get a skin check mm-hmm. for yourself. Really, everyone should be getting those mm-hmm. on a regular basis. It, because you know what? Especially in our age group, we all subjected ourselves to the sun when we shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And it just can give you peace of mind to go in, have the dermatologist check your skin to make sure there's nothing precancerous right. there. And then you at least know where you're starting from, right? For sure. Just a suggestion on my part. but Well, that's it for this episode. I just wanted to put some information out there about sunscreens, especially since we're in the high summer months here. And we're all out vacationing and enjoying the sun because I love being out in the sun. I love soaking it up. It feels so good. And we went on that walk in the Rose Garden. Yes. And it was so lovely. Yep. But I did not have any sunscreen on my arms or legs. Fortunately, we weren't out very long. Right. So not a bad thing. But it did remind me that, hey, I need to be diligent about that. And I actually started carrying my sunscreen stick with me again. Yeah. So. Yeah. I carry some in my car. Just Mm -hmm. in case. So, well, thank you, Joy, for all of the research and all the information. And we'll share what Joy found in the notes on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So you can look some of this stuff up yourself, especially on the EWG website. Yes, please do. Please go check it out. They have great sunscreen suggestions. And that's the place to go to get information, have safe products. And you need this stuff all year round, not just in the summer. Yes, that is right. So. All year round. All year round. All right. Well, 
Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Girlish Gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for another fun and interesting topic. And please be sure to check the notes for information and links that were included in this discussion today. Also, don't forget you can find us on our social media platforms, starting with Instagram, Facebook, and now including YouTube. You can find us by searching Girlish Gurus. And please remember to give this episode a good review and share it with your girlfriends because the more interaction we get with our podcast episodes, the more episodes we can post. Finally, you can find us on our website, girlishgurus.com. Thanks again. See you next time. Bye.